Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 495 with Andrew Dana. Uh, on the cover of our employee handbook, it says, try hard, be nice, and give an F. And I think that's really all there is to it. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. What's sorcery? Sorcery is AP automation, digital invoicing, and time and money saved. That's Sorcery. Sorcery allows you to streamline and digitize your entire accounts payable operation. Digital invoicing backed with human verification will save you countless hours of work and increase AP accuracy. Say goodbye to your file cabinets and enter the digital world. Go to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com or call 1-866-830-0691. And if you mention Restaurant Unstoppable, you will receive 10% off your first three months with no setup fees. There is no time to waste in the restaurant business, especially when an opportunity comes up and you need extra capital. Cabbage created a simple, flexible way to get a line of credit of up to $150,000, apply online, and get a decision right away. Withdraw funds when you need them without reapplying. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses. Get started at cabbage.com slash unstoppable you can get a $50 gift card when you qualify that's cabbage with a k line of credit is subject to credit approval see terms and conditions all cabbage business loans are issued by celtic bank a utah chartered industrial bank member fdic with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest andrew dana my man andrew are you feeling unstoppable today uh, I'm getting there. Not quite unstoppable, but I think that's what, what keeps us moving, keeps yeah, us man. going. If I felt unstoppable, I wouldn't have that well, that burn to show up every day. Dude, so I'm feeling unstoppable because you're my first uh, interview back on the road since coming back from Thailand. And uh, I like it. I love this lifestyle. Meeting you guys face to face is so much better than doing the remote interview. So sure. uh, let's dive into this intro. Uh, in May of 2014, Dana and Chris Brady, oh, sorry, Andrew Dana and Chris Brady left their Cush Tech jobs and started serving up their ne- Neapolitan ish wood-fired pies at local farmers markets uh, in late 2015 the boys teamed up with chef Danny say her last name for me Marietta <laughs> and made her uh, their executive chef and partner and partner thank you uh, in 2016 the timber team opened up their first brick-and-mortar location in Petworth DC they've since been recognized by Washington Post as having the best pizza in DC number and, one yeah and by Bon Appetit as being the best pizza in the nation as well as number one, <laughs> one of the fifty best new restaurants in the nation. So, Top fifty, man, you guys are crushing it. Uh, I can't wait to dive into your, into your story and to find out what makes you you. But let's get this motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? Uh, on the cover of our employee handbook, it says "Try hard, be nice, and give an F." And I think that's really all there is to it. Hard, be nice, and give an F. Oh man, dive into that. Why did you choose those those uh, three little mantras? I mean, I just think like sort of in any business, like sort of the difference between success and non-success is like just like do you show up every day and do you bring your all every single day? So try hard, and you know, especially starting without a chef or cooking background before we met Danny. 
uh, we had no clue what we were doing and the differentiator was that we tried hard as shit every single day right and I think we talk about a lot in the restaurant is that it's not all food right it's food versus vibes um, you know we curate the playlists like I you know I literally make every playlist choose every single song all that so uh, Be Nice sort of encompasses that like it's not just the food it's all about sort of your experience and um you know, when you're going out to eat or eating out, you go out for an experience. You just want people to be nice. And when people are nice to you, good things happen. And then give an F, man. Just, like, care deeply about what you're doing. And, and sort of that'll be a differentiator for sure. So was this, like, something that you guys wrote down, like, wrote down very in the very beginning? Was it, like, like in your, like, operations manual or was it someplace that... It is, it is, now, in our, it is now in our employee handbook. Yeah. It was not from day one. I think it's sort of that morphed into our into our company saying i mean i think it was like intrinsically in us and that's what we were doing um but you have to understand when we started there was no employee handbook there was nothing it was just me and chris slinging pizza outside of the farmer's markets and it was um just us trying hard and so let's bring it there uh you guys were uh friends you worked together right Mm -hmm. for uh was it like a education technology company we were basically both doing sales and traveling around the country doing that okay and you guys learned that you both love pizza in bat, in a- yeah, so I went to grad school in New York um, and ate a scary, scary, scary amount of pizza. Um, you name the pizza place in New York, I probably ate there. Um, and so I just had a deep, deep love for it. And as I was graduating, I was sort of thinking about, damn, my God, I just wish I could make, you know, open a pizza restaurant like this in D.C. I'm from D.C. Yeah. Um, but sort of like felt pressures to go a more traditional route and uh got this job this education technology job and Chris and I met we became buddies and it says on our website like we hated our jobs but we loved lunch and like we would take like the most <laughs> delusional lunch breaks like when we'd I drive that, I thought of what my high school and like elementary school career was like right. <laughs> like a- uh, we, we would take like two hour lunch breaks we would drive across oh, the city to like you know discover some lunch spot um, and I remember it was just like a late night in February and I think we were just like both sort of fed up and not happy with where we were going and just like didn't deeply care about what we were doing. Like the company is a, a great company and all that, but like, did I want to be doing education technology forever? That wasn't like, that just isn't what got me going. Just sort of one late night, we were like, dude, like you want to start a pizza business? And that's sort of how it started on a whim like that. And we basically bought this mobile wood fired oven, like sight unseen, like on the, we we're talking to this company in uh, Boulder, Colorado on the phone late one night. <laughs> And was just like, yeah, dude, like, yeah, we'll take one. And they're like, all right, it'll be two months. And we're like, okay. So one thing I love about your story is that you chose to start small. Mm-hmm. And I see time and time again where, where restaurants fail because they, they go so big and, yeah. and they just try to shoot for the stars on day one. Yeah. Um, what was going through your mind? Why did you choose to start with a mobile? You guys quit your job, right? You both quit or were you doing a side <laughs> hustle? How was it working? Uh, yeah. Chris quit his job maybe like two weeks into us starting the business. I traveled a lot for work, so I stopped traveling for work, but they didn't totally understand that. Okay. So I was like, quote unquote, traveling, but really yeah. I was doing the, the pizza hustle. Okay. So <laughs> got away with murder for a little while and did my job for like three months until they caught on. Oh, man. Um, what was the question? So the original question was, what was going through your mind? Why did you... Oh, right, right. Why did we start small? Yeah, yeah I just think it was like... I mean, I had an MBA, but had no clue how to start a restaurant, right? And um, candidly, we didn't know how to make pizza either. So the idea of opening an entire restaurant and taking on sort of all that, you know, risk and debt and all that was just a little too much. Yeah. And we had enough personal savings to sort of start this small farmer's market business. 
Um, and we could see the roadmap to how we could get to the next stop after that. We were like, here's a risk. Yeah, it's a risk. And it's a lot, you know, it's a, it's a, not an insignificant amount of money, but we don't have to borrow any money from a bank or anybody yeah. like that. Um, and we can sort of learn the ropes and sort of a lower risk situation, right? Like one, I think at farmer's markets, people are just a little more forgiving than they are in a restaurant. Yeah. They're like out shopping for the week and they're in good moods. And we were just like two guys trying hard. So how much initial capital do you have to come up to get started? It was 40 grand. That's not bad at all. No, it's not that's, bad. That's yeah, nothing. no, for sure. Yeah. Um, so we split it half and half and uh, bought the oven, bought a truck and like bought all the equipment. Um, and I'd say our pizza got sort of better every day that whole summer. And we so were. Where did you originally learn? You had to start somewhere. Uh, did you have a friend that maybe got you started with learning? Or were you watching no, videos? I, uh, all the above. <laughs> so we ordered this pizza oven in February and they said it was going to come in May. So we had February, March, April. So we had like two and a half months to sort of get our act together. And I, I think I read a different book on dough and pizza like every week. I just like dove in deep and sort of started to understand. When did this learning process start? When we ordered the oven. Okay. I was like, oh shit, we got two and a half months. How much ordering the oven before your first market? Like three months. Okay. So, so I was like, all right, we got three months learning. to get our shit together and figure out how to make pizza and like register as a business and do all that stuff. Uh, so I started reading a ton. And then just started doing trial and error out of my parents' house. Um, and then the oven came and we had like three weeks before our first market. And we parked the oven in my parents' alley and we would like invite neighbors over and we would just do taste tests and just make different pizza every single day and sort of tweak it and tweak the dough, tweak the sauce, tweak the cheese. Um, and we sort of nailed it. Like the cheese and pepperoni and green monster that's still on the menu, they were more or less the same exact thing four years ago. Yeah. Um, and Chef Danny has come in here and like taken other pizzas to new levels and are sourcing to new levels and salads and all that. But those three pizzas are pretty much exactly what they were the the, the first day we started. Oh, so awesome. it's pretty funny to think about. L listening to your story, I can't help but think of uh, Eric Reese's The Lean Startup, right? And I think a lot of people who read that book are more entrepreneurial tech entrepreneurs. And the whole philosophy behind that book is just start where you can yeah just start and test the market and get better and pivot and, mm -hmm. and you know get feedback and that's exactly what you're doing with your family you know you started where you could mm -hmm. and you just would cook for friends and family and yeah. you got feedback and you tweaked and you pivoted and you just slowly evolved over time for sure um why do you think that's the the best way to go or maybe you don't think that's the best way to go I 100% think it's the yeah. best way to go. Why? Well, one, I just think it gets the ball rolling, right? Like you see so many people who have dreams of opening a business, whether it's a restaurant or a tech company, whatever it is, right? And like your business plan can always get better and your financing can always get better and the timing can always get better. So there's like no time like the present to get the ball rolling. And you can always get bigger, but it's hard to get smaller in a successful way yep. at least, right? Yep. So it's sort of like get the ball rolling, pick up speed, pick up yeah. momentum, and we can always go raise more money. We can always open a restaurant. We can always open another restaurant. But um, I think if we had just gone straight to the restaurant and not really like been in the street sort of honing and perfecting our craft for a couple of years, I don't think this would have gone as well as it has gone. So one thing um, I'm curious about is your, your partner. Mm -hmm. um, what was it originally about this guy that, you know, resonated with you to think, yeah, like I am willing to go into mm -hmm. business because a lot of people get in trouble with partnerships. So what, what do you think it was about this partnership that worked? I, I mean, more or less, we were buddies at work and both hated our jobs, right? Yeah. Like I trusted him, which is, I think, above all else, probably the main thing. How did you trust him? Why? Like, what, what I just knew him and we were buddies and we'd yeah. known each other for two years and I saw the way he worked at the company we worked at and I just saw that he had like a high, 
you know, moral compass and all that. And that's like something you can't teach and I think is intrinsic and innate. And um, so like I knew we would never be sort of arguing over equity or anything like that. And uh, yeah, he was like a, a dude I enjoyed spending time with. And it's basically like a marriage, right? Like you have to spend all day every day and we'd be in the kitchen rolling dough and then we'd be at the market together and then we'd be cleaning up afterwards. And um and I think you chase a dream like this because you're sort of searching a more enjoyable, fun life. Yeah. So you might as well be buddies with the person yeah. you're doing that with. So we were buddies and I trusted him and I said, let's let's jump into the deep end. man." And I love that you said it's like a marriage because it's something I, I, that comes up often. Uh, mm. you, and it, it's a good test. Uh, you got to ask yourself before going to business with somebody, am I willing to marry this person? Yeah. If the answer isn't like instant absolutely yes yeah then don't do it because sure. you're going to be married to this person yeah it's, it's a it's a le- just like a marriage is a legal you know document yeah. binding you together so is in a business technically no, and now we're polyamorous with <laughs> Daniela and it's, it's all working out beautifully nice so uh i guess let's kind of talk about the the evolution of the food truck you guys you know you start bringing it to the farmers markets mm-hmm. uh what was it like at first anything you weren't expecting um it it sort of went well out of the gates we our second day ever at the columbia heights farmers market a food writer for the washington post express walked by and thought it was cool called me and wrote an article on us in the washington post express so within like three weeks of being in business we had this super cool press piece um and then people started to reach out to us our first day ever of business was May 28th and we had our first catering July 3rd and yeah. things just started to roll what and do you think it was about you guys that made you so appealing early on um I think we were trying hard and we were being nice and we gave an F and I think our branding was sweet and we had this really cool um, you guys got a certain swag about you yeah and we had this cool 1967 Chevy C10 that we were pulling the oven around on and baby blue was a powder blue yeah yeah baby blue and uh and the pizza was good and we were nice and we um i do think a differentiator is that we had business backgrounds and we had sales backgrounds and so i think a lot of times people start food businesses especially and they're like oh i make the best muffins and as long as i make the best muffins everything else will work out and they sort of don't do the the, the sales you know of themselves and the product that's really necessary for business to succeed right. and we came at it that other way and we were like harassing farmers markets right we were like if they said no we were like no 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 no. we're gonna come to this farmers market like and so we had sort of all these gigs lined up before the business even launched and a lot of that was due to bluffing and sort of posturing like yeah no we have a really good recipe trust us we can't show you because the oven's not here yet but like we'll be ready in a month um so we sort of used our sales and business backgrounds to get the ball rolling before the business was even ready um and then even though we sort of bluffed and did all that like we would never i think we would never del- under deliver, right? Like we have, I think what's what Danny has and I have and Chris has is like, we have this sort of anxiety in us that will never like be sort of happy with less than like perfect. I think that's integrity. Yeah. You know? Like I'm going to do this and then you commit to it. You put it out into the universe and then you're like, shit, my name's behind this right. now. I better deliver because I have that integrity. I want right. to, you know, integrity's doing what yeah, you say you're going to do. Yeah, we will stay up all night and we'll run through a wall and we will do whatever it takes to sort of make it right. And I, Chris and I did that from day one, right? Like our first catering ever, I don't even think they know this, so who knows if they'll listen to this, but it was this company retreat. It was a July 4th thing and there was like some gluten-free people and we we're like, yeah, yeah, no, we'll like grill some steak for you. And like on the way out, they were like, oh shit, we don't have any steak. So we like <laughs> went to Whole Foods and bought like flank steak that was expensive as shit. And like they had the, had them cook it for us and then we laid it out for them and they like thought we cooked it and 
we probably lost money on that. It was like, yeah. so expensive, but we we're like, we're but gonna you, like you show hold up on and to your yeah. integrity, and that's For totally sure. worth it. Yeah. Uh, so, man, my my mind is going in a million places because there's so much I want to ask you. Um, would you say you you developed a brand? Because I'm I'm curious. Mm-hmm. When I ask if you developed a brand, do you think you went through the process to develop a brand, or do you think you just kind of showed up? Um. No, I mean, I think we developed a brand. Like, I, I think we sort of did the the groundwork before we launched, and that we have a really cool logo and name and story and truck. But I think all of that's pretty hollow and empty if you don't bring the heat and sort of show your passion every single day. Um, and so I think we like created the foundation before we launched, and then yeah, we started to create a brand, and that like people knew to expect us every week in the same spot on the same day, bringing the heat every single day, and. Um, I think you do that and people get to know you and your food and your system and your product and the band brand starts to grow stronger and stronger and we've like never spent a dime on like advertising or marketing and the best way to do it is like somebody comes to your market and has a great experience they're like oh those guys are so nice and they were singing and making pizza and then they tell their friend and their friend tells a friend um so i think that's sort of the way we did build a brand was sort of through this grassroots word of mouth um, and that was through us just sort of bringing the passion and, and the heat every single day, like every single day. Yeah. So I get this, this vibe from you uh, just by looking at your website, uh, watching some videos online, mm-hmm. being here and experiencing you in this past half hour, just setting up. And I get the sense that uh, your brand is just an extension of who you are. And I, I found that a lot of the best restaurateurs mm-hmm. out there aren't pretending to be anything. They just yeah. are but they have those values. They have, and one of the things I always say is like, before you can do, you must be, you Mm -hmm. must work on yourself. You must be a certain person before being able to be successful in this industry. So what is it about you? Who are you? What is your, what is your, your B, you know, if that makes any sense, what is it about you? What are your values? What is, what is it that you're extending into your brand? That is in essence, a core of who you are and who your business partners are. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm touched that you say all those things. Cause I always (laughs) say, I think we resonate with people because like, our brand is very like authentically us and we never try and be anything that we aren't. So that's nice that you've um, well, just, sort of picked up on that. As an example, real quick, I walked in here. I was like, what do you want to do about the music? You're like, that, let's, let's, let's roll with it. Yeah. That, that's us. That, that's who we are. Like, For sure. let's roll out. Like, and I'm like, all right, man, if you want the music there in yeah. the background, if you want, and you're not afraid to shy away from the, what it is like every sure. day, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it stems of, in like, why would you open a business? Right. And like the reason we wanted to sort of, get out of our corporate jobs and behind the desk because we just wanted to be ourselves every single day, right? And we wanted to have fun. And so it's like, what do we like? We love R&B and hip hop and we love tunes and we love good pizza and we love um, sort of casual settings and communal dining and we love breaking bread with people. So if you look- I don't see a basketball theme anywhere. Yeah, we you know couldn't overdo (laughs) it. We we have basketball jerseys. We we play hoops together on Wednesday nights. Um, But yeah, if you look around, like everywhere is sort of communal seating in here. So it really is an extension of like our desire to- um, be a part of the community and you know rub elbows with our friends and be casual and have fun every single day and I think we do that and nice. I think that translates to our our pizza and our service and and all of that sweet so you, you go to the markets you're at the markets and you start uh, slinging pizza anything that you learned during that time anything you weren't expecting any uh, like learning curves or like mm-hmm. aha moments or like wow like anything you can share with my listeners maybe somebody who's thinking about mm-hmm. uh, doing exactly what you did with like a, a you know a mobile unit going to farmers markets mm-hmm. like what was the unexpected well I mean a couple things one is you, I mean you'll learn this sort of any restaurant or hospitality industry is that 
you're sort of only as as good as your last day. It's almost like a like a NBA yeah. player in the playoffs. Yeah. Like you're only as good as your last game. So it doesn't matter if you nailed it four Fridays in a row. If you drop the ball that fifth Friday, that's what people are going to remember, and that's what you're going to be known for. And so it's like the learning curve was like there are no off days, right? There are zero <laughs> yeah. off days. You there are no days like you don't get mulligans on bad days, and you just sort of have to bring um, the heat every single day. And then the other thing we learned was speed. Like we're at all these lunch markets downtown on the weekdays, and it's like these office workers get half an hour lunch, and they yeah, are not down. <laughs> yeah, and they are not down to like sort of sit there and be like, "Where the hell is my pizza?" Yeah. Like you guys just ate my whole lunch break. Um, and so there has to be this urgency in everything you do, right? And if that urgency sort of encompasses your whole business, it'll help you in and out. And like that's from our prep team to the way we take orders to the way we make pizza. It's like we are putting you first. We are not sort of lollygagging and doing anything, and we're like going full speed on everything and we if do. You truly are. I mean, the energy that you're putting off it shows. Mm-hmm. People pick up on that for sure, and that translates to good service. Yeah. Uh, when you give naff, like yeah. you saying, like that, that translates. Uh, okay, so eventually, uh, after a year of doing this, any lessons, uh, big aha moments before your your third business partner came on to scene. I- I mean, I just, I don't know if there was a big aha moment, but I think sort of slowly over that year, we started to believe that we belonged, right? Um, and I think early on, there was a lot of sort of doubters. Like, here are two sort of sales bros who know nothing about cooking. Um, so I think a lot of people sort of like gave us this side. They were like, what are these guys doing? Um, and, you know, I think we sort of maybe that rattled our confidence a little bit. Like, yeah, do we know what we're doing? Um, but just going to these markets day in and day out and catering people's parties and the feedback that we were getting and people were comparing us to some of our favorite pizza restaurants here being like, you're better than blank. I'm not going to name any names. And I was like, wow, like the fact that you're even mentioning us in the same breath as some of these restaurants that I've like gone to my whole life is incredible. And we are doing something super dope and this is a great product. And like, we are like sort of bringing a smile to people's faces. So I think that first year sort of gave us confidence that we belonged and we could sort of be on this playing field with anybody and we didn't have to do gimmicky stuff. We could just sort of do our best version of a cheese pizza and it would stand up, you know, to anybody's because we're trying hard and giving an F and, and bringing the heat every single day. Um, so I don't know if that like light bulb went off in a single moment or sort of over the course of a year, we were like, yeah, dude, we belong on this playing field with anybody. And like, because of that, I think, you know, we can open a restaurant. We can, we can go toe to toe with the big yeah. boys. You know, the only thing I can think of listening to you talk is the idea that, you know, some, it can be exhausting. We can burn out easy mm-hmm. in this industry. And the one thing that I feel like really keeps people showing up is that recognition. Mm-hmm. I think that recognition is ultimately what our passion mm-hmm. is, is that that recognition of being good at something yeah. and that, that reward, that cookie of, sure. of saying, wow, you guys are really good is that thing that will people say, oh, your passion will help, help you show up every day. But mm-hmm. it's that I think it's ultimately that recognition of being recognized uh, for making people happy, right. for, for, for seeing the reaction, for getting those emails, for, sure. for getting, oh, you guys are the best. Yeah, and I think that is what ultimately will push you to the edge. So when you are on the, the verge of, you know, sa- I guess maybe uh, sacrificing your standards mm-hmm. to k- get a little me time or yeah, yeah. to lower the bar a little bit because what we're doing was too mm-hmm. hard. If you just hold it out long enough, I feel like ultimately it pays off. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. And the validation that all the hard work was for something was great. I mean, our first year or two, the amount of birthday parties and weddings and 
you know, parties that I missed, right? I could just like, I was like, no, like the business is number one and this business doesn't operate unless Chris and I are here for the first year. And there was times where, you know, it's the first year and we're at like a rinky dink farmer's market and you sell 45 pizzas and you're like, shit, I missed a, my friend's birthday party for this. Is this like, is it worth it? Um, but at, there's some saying about you don't saw a tree down in like one saw or whatever, hack it down. <laughs> yeah. And like you don't create a great brand in like one swing, right? It's like you do that through showing up every single day. Um, so yeah, like some of that recognition, whether it's, you know, people coming to the same farmer's market every week, every week for the whole season. There's people who come every single Friday yeah. for lunch and like they don't do that unless they love it. Right. And, you know, there's awards that are like awarded by panels and those are great. And we that's amazing. But the stuff we like the most are the awards that are voted on, right? And, like, we just won Best Pizza in the Washingtonian, and that's a voted-on award. Oh, that's awesome. And they did a top 50 that they chose the top 50, and that stuff's awesome. But, like, nothing, I think, makes us happier or prouder than winning the awards that's just voted on by the general public. Because um, they're people, and that's, like, why we do it, right? Yeah. Like, we don't do it for the panels. We do it for the people. Um, so those awards absolutely give us validation and keep us going and give us a boost to energy and, you know, and that's from everybody in the business. We announce it, you know, here before we open and stuff and happens like that. And like the people here deeply, deeply care. And like our staff has been here for almost two years and like none of this is possible without them. And, um, We've somehow created an environment. I wish I could give you the roadmap to it. We're like, everybody we'll get into cares. that. Yeah, yeah we'll get into the culture because uh, I feel like you guys definitely, I can feel it when I walk in the doors. So, um, you, your business partner, you're, you're doing great. Uh, this, this young lady approaches you at a mm-hmm. farmer's market. Take us through that first experience. Yeah, it's pretty funny. We were at the um, USDA farmer's market. I remember it sort of like it was uh, yesterday. And. Uh, she was shopping because she was doing private catering and her and I were trying to both buy the last dozen eggs at a different stand. And so I was chatting with her and we decided to split the dozen. And I was like, ah, it's a nice, you know, nice young girl, whatever. Um, didn't think anything of it. And we go back to the stand and then she sort of comes back around. And she's like, hey, if you guys need any part-time work, I'm just sort of waiting for my other job to start. And at this point, the only people that worked for us were like our friends who had less cooking experience than us and were basically doing us a favor um so if anybody asked to work for us we were like you want to work for us <laughs> so we we're like yeah sure come on down yeah um it's pretty funny we look back at the email that i sent her being like yeah come down for 12 bucks an hour cash all the pizza you can eat in a free t-shirt and like that was the opening offer um so she showed up for the first gig and she had never made pizza like the way we make pizza before so we had to show her how to do that but everything else she was doing we were like whoa like this girl has skills did you know her background before this point i knew she was waiting for another restaurant job to start but i didn't like we don't ask for a resume like it was me and chris (laughs) and like our buddies and we're like yeah sure you want to work for us knock yourself out um and so we like learned like oh shit like you've worked at some real deal places and you have a culinary degree yeah and just like graduate of the cia work yeah. for 11 madison park for sure. like these are like these are real deal stuff you don't get much higher no and so just like chris and i have no cooking background right so just like it's simple things from like the way she cooked his uh, cut a zucchini we we're like what we're like dude that would have taken us 45 <laughs> minutes to cut all those zucchinis you did that in three minutes um and then you know she's like making her own salad dressings for caterings and all stuff and it was just like it was clear that she could change our trajectory. Um, and we got along really, really well, yeah. right? Like it goes back to why did Chris and I make good business partners? It was like, cause we enjoyed being around each other and she just like fit in. Like, and she felt like somebody I knew my whole life very, very early on. Like a month in, I felt like I'd known her forever. And mm-hmm. like, I just like, it felt like a family and I knew she had to be a part of this business. 
she didn't know it at that time and she was like no no no! i'll work until my other job starts i'll work until my other job starts i'm like no you can't you, you can't leave how'd you win her over um, that's what i want to know i'm really curious about how this person with you know clear intentions to go in a certain direction yeah. she was on this path of fine dining and you took that mm -hmm. path and you destroyed it and not yeah, destroyed right, but like yeah. you know what i mean we it's changed your nope, path for sure this is your new path. um and it worked out for her though i mean the restaurant she was waiting for ended up not doing that well yeah and here she is being recognized no, as one of the definitely she definitely made the right decision yeah. um i mean i we just showed her how much fun we could have right and like how fun cooking can be <clears throat> and how much control she could have right like so she took a big gamble on us because we were two bros who'd never opened a restaurant before and we took a gamble on her you know she when we hired her she was 25 she didn't have any executive chef sort of um experience um so we sort of offered her a lot because we thought she could handle it and would grow into it and she took a chance on us um and i don't think she does that i, don't, I mean it was a very generous offer but i don't think she does that unless she's having a ton of fun every single day um and we're sort of like helping her grow her skill set and showing her how to run a business so it wasn't just like hey make pizza it was like hey we'll show you the ins and outs of running a business and we what can expand the, your skill sets in what, other what places. What were the certain skill sets that you and your business partner mm -hmm. had that she was lacking? How did you how did you guys round each other off? Well, it's just like I have an MBA and sort of know how to write a business plan and do financial projections and Chris had like worked in catering and sales his whole life, which is incredibly valuable to the side of the business and then Danny has um, you know, cooking experience and knows how to run a kitchen and I think the three of us together create sort of a strong uh, a strong monster so she showed us you know things to do in the kitchen and how to run a kitchen and how to order and source and um, how to train and all that and then we were saying hey Danny you know you know she has a hungry mind you know she wants to learn everything and so I was like yeah you want to see how we negotiate a contract with contractors and you want to see how we deal with an architect with opening a restaurant um, so I think sort of like opening the book 100% to her and being like you're a partner 100% you're going to be you go through this process of opening a restaurant with her was an opportunity she didn't have somewhere else and then it helps that we had sort of all become best friends and we were having fun like yeah. we having so much fun and I don't know why she would have wanted to leave that she didn't and yeah. it's like been amazing and we have fun every single day and uh, Danny is like truly my best friend in the world now so like so happy that she joined the squad and that we're so there's together. three things from um, that tear you just went on that I want to extract to just put emphasis on. Uh, first is uh, that sense of balance. Uh, you got to surround yourself with people mm -hmm. that have the certain skills and assets that you don't have and get them on your team and no one to get the F out of the way and let yeah. those people shine. The other thing uh, is that um, hungry mind. You recognize that she had a hungry mind mm -hmm. and if you don't feed a hungry mind, it will go someplace else. Oh, it will sure. take that appetite and you know, it will get satisfied somewhere else. So keep that hungry mind satisfied. Oh, sure. And then lastly, this is something that's keep on coming up since the very beginning of this interview is the just be nice. Yeah. Right. The power of nice. I swear to God, just before coming in here, I went to the bookstore. Uh, that's like maybe like 10, mm -hmm. uh, five uh, yeah. doors down just to kill time. And I was looking and there's one book that stood out to me. And it was called The Power of Nice. Yeah. And it's right there. And I was like, oh, and I, I was thinking about picking it up. I was like, I'll get it on Audible. Yeah. Um, and man, I'm like really excited for this book now because I think just the idea of everything from the very beginning, like you just 
you know you wanted to have fun you were mm-hmm. good to her uh she she came up to you uh, or you guys uh were fighting over not fighting but like negotiating over eggs yeah and you decided to create a win-win situation for sure just the power it all served right in yeah, that moment it's a microcosm of our the entire relationship yeah, nice. like you could have sure. been like i was here first go buzz off yeah but you said oh i really need these and you need these too like do you need a whole dozen right like how can we create a win-win situation exactly. here the exactly power of freaking nice yeah. dude and look what has happened because of that all good it's ridiculous yeah for sure right yeah oh man okay so you guys eventually move into your uh, brick and mortar mm-hmm. uh, take us through that process uh when did you know you're ready for your brick and mortar um well we always knew we wanted to open a restaurant like from the day we bought the mobile oven i think we knew that that was the goal like we knew i mean just simply the economics of it, it was like we chris and i can't build families and lives and all that stuff that we're eventually going to want to do maybe um, on just one mobile oven. So we always knew we wanted to grow a bigger business and have sort of a main hub and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think we looked at our first location maybe two months after we opened the mobile business. So it was sort of always in the realm. And I think as I talked about in that first year, sort of as our confidence grew and we like truly thought we um, belonged, we sort of ramped up our, our search. Um, and I'm from about a half a mile from where we opened this restaurant. So I sort of knew this area and I just like had this sense that this was going to be a next sort of big area, um, but very much up and coming and affordable rent. So we started like to hone in on this area. Um, so maybe a year in, we really ramped up the search and felt confident and, uh, legitimately found this spot on a local DC blog. So let's dive into this real quick. You're you're Mm -hmm. pointing out some really key takeaways uh you looked for an area that was on the come up mm-hmm. so what things about this area made you think it was going to be on the come up how did you how did you was it just a gut feeling or were you looking at reports well there was like two restaurants that had opened on this strip that were doing like pretty well and were cool yeah. and doing some cool stuff um i just think like the bones of this block like it's if got you some swag yeah yep. and it's got like the wide sidewalks and it's got old cool buildings and they're all like pretty low to the ground it just like it almost feels like a main strip in a small town yeah but it's in Washington, D.C. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I just, it was the bones. It was what was happening. The rents. Like, again, it's sort of about that, like, taking, like, bite-sized risks. And, like, your bites get bigger and bigger. And, like, you know, we started mobile. was forty grand, And, like, to go open a huge business downtown would have cost us a million at least. And so, we're like, let's start to look at, like, a fringe area where there's cheaper rent. So, if it doesn't go well to the gates, we're not totally effed. And we don't. You know, we haven't signed our life away to some bank or something like that. Um, and let's find like a small location where the build won't be that expensive and like we won't have to pack the house every night to make it work. Um, and then we found this spot and it's sort of like check, 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 check. What was your cash flow like at this time? Were, was a cash flow there at that time to cover all the expenses or do you need nah, to go to hell no. We, I mean, we were cash flow positive for sure <laughs> yeah. and enough to to pay ourselves a little bit like i mean i like you know i had to stay with friends with babies in their spare rooms and like i spent a summer in my friend's dad's basement for free that's another huge lesson right there like what are you willing to sacrifice in the beginning at all like at all yeah i straight gave up my apartment living out of my car right now to make these interviews i had to live in straight (laughs) squalor for two years to make this work um but people don't take that into consideration what are your liabilities what is the output like what is what is what is what things in your life are sucking assets from you for sure you don't need to make this thing happen yeah we stripped that mofo down (laughs) for sure um so no we were cash flow positive we were paying ourselves but not enough to build out a restaurant i mean maybe if we had done that for three years maybe um what do you think you needed to get started do you have a number in your mind in the beginning 
Uh, sort of. I sort of had the sense that I wanted to raise four hundred thousand okay. dollars, which is what we ended up raising. Um, and they say the um, you raise money through the three F's in restaurants: friends, families, and fools. Yeah. Um, no fools, no fools in our group, um, but mostly friends and family. The first round. Okay. Um, and then like DC had a, a grant that we got for fifty thousand okay. dollars. So. I um, started chipping away at that. And Any advice in regard to getting that that cash? I mean, I'm sort of, I always look at worst case scenario, right? And so I know lots of people love borrowing money for a bank, from a bank. Um, but worst case scenario, if you can't pay a bank back, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to cross that. So I think for like your first smaller business, like if you can raise money uh, through sort of an equity deal through private individuals, yeah, you're giving a piece of your company away and maybe in the long term you're like, oh, I wish I had some more equity. But if shit goes to shit, worst case scenario, which I'm sort of always hedging my bets against that, I think it's just a, a safer way to do it. And like, obviously, I don't want anybody to lose their money yeah. and we have already started to pay investors back and we're gonna they're going to be involved in everything we ever do. Um, so are there, to this day, uh, there's three partners. Are there mm-hmm. still... Uh, Investors that have equity in the yeah, business, for sure. So, is, are they long-term equity holders? Yep. Or okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many, was it a combination of like equity and a combination of just cash loan? All equity. All equity. Okay. All why, equity. why that approach? Why do you think that's the way to go? I didn't want to have to pay somebody back on an accelerated rate. I just wanted to have as much cash flow, sort of free as possible. Yep. And again, it's like. Now you asked me when we came out of the beginning, are you feeling unstoppable? <laughs> and I and I think like we never feel unstoppable, yeah. and we're always sort of super hungry and like always scared that things are going to go bad which i think is why things are going well knock on wood is that like every day we bring the heat like oh shit shit's going bad even though it's going great and you know and it's exactly when you think we got this yeah we did there's nothing more we can do is when your neighbors to the left and to the right everybody's like oh they're they're gunning for you now now you don't drop your guard keep your guard up so it was the same with yeah so when i was raising money it was basically like if I take money from a bank or if it's a loan that I have to pay back at a, you know, X months or whatever, I could just sort of see a situation where the restaurant wasn't full every night. Yeah. We have expensive sort of staff costs. And on top of all that, I have these monthly payments that are sort of just like choking the life out of us. Um, and I also wanted to reward people who were willing to gamble us in the yeah. beginning. Right. Like, Again, it goes back like, to be nice. Or, yeah, you know, for sure. And it's like if you, yeah, now it's sort of, it makes sense to invest in this business. But early on, we were a couple, two guys and a girl in a pizza oven, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like, um, so I, you know, the deal is basically they'll have equity in anything we ever do in the future. Nice. Um, and it's a small amount, but, you know, they believed in us when we were. And that's another key part of this that I was yeah. hoping that would come out is that they believed in you. Like, how yeah. do you, what, what advice do you have for getting the capital? Make people believe in you. For how sure. do you make people believe with you or in you? Integrity. Yeah. You know, like you had a track record of success. For I mean, sure. So it all comes back to that. Um, all right. So now you're, you're opening this business. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything, any blind, did you get blindsided at any point? Anything that came up during that, that process of opening? Any big lessons there? It's just really, really hard. <laughs> it's really, really, really hard. And... I mean, I feel like I've said this like eight times about like bringing the heat every day, but especially when you're running a mobile business at the same time as opening a restaurant and we probably should have raised more money. So we were like bootstrapping the hell out of everything and like, oh no, we need the revenue from that market to like meet this payroll and then to open next month. Um, So it was hard. And um, yeah, you just like, 
again, there's like, there's no off days. You have to bring it every single day. And especially out of the gates, like you only get one first impression. So if you crush it 28 out of the first 30 days, that's two days of customers who are like, whoa, like what the hell is that? And that's like a relatively big percentage of people. Um, so there's just, the lesson is no off days. Do not leave sort of anything up to chance. At the very beginning, you should have a effing stranglehold on your business. Yeah. I worked at Pizza Line every day for the first six months, every day. We stayed and mopped the floors ourselves every single day. What's it's the like, value in that? Is having a stranglehold on the business and knowing the ins and outs of everything. Like I could hop on every position in this restaurant if I needed to, and I would know how to do it. And I think in order to run a successful business, like obviously long-term, I shouldn't be mopping the floor at night because yeah. I need to grow a bigger business but you should know how everything works in yeah. here. Um, and the value in that is when it comes to training and hiring is you know how it should be done and you know what the right way to do you it. You know the, the standard because you it. set the standard. Exactly. And I would never ask anything of anybody that I wouldn't do myself, mm. right? And so when I'm saying to somebody, you know, hurry up, pizza waits are getting too long, like they know I'm not being a dick. They know <laughs> that like they know I can do it faster so they got to go faster yeah. too. Nobody so. is going to work harder than you do in your yeah. restaurant. So if you expect people to work at a mm -hmm. certain level, you got to get out there right next to them shoulder mm -hmm. to shoulder and show them that For sure. show them that expectation. Uh -huh. uh, I 100% agree in that with that. Um, okay, so I want to spend some time before moving to the 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 speed round or the knowledge bombs as I used to call them and maybe I'll start calling them again, <laughs> again I don't know. Um, we we kind of highlighted that the culture you guys have here. So what, what things changed from the day you guys opened your doors to, to where you are now to cement that culture and to, to make sure you guys stayed on track? You didn't lose this essence, this thing mm -hmm. that, that carried you to where you were to this point. Like, yeah. How did you keep – what things did you do to make sure you, you never lost that? Yeah, I mean, I just think, like, we've always tried to make this sort of – I mean, it's super cliche, but, like, feel like a family and, like, keep people involved in everything. And there's, like – I think we try pretty actively to not have this like divide between ownership and staff. And it's not like, Hey, we won this award. Like, you know, it's like, Hey, we all won this award. Yeah. It's not like me, Danny and Chris, it's all of us as a family. And, um, I mean, you do that through little things, right? It's like through having family meal every day and it's through just like little surprises and like, Hey, we got t-shirts for everybody. Uh, last week there's the restaurant association awards and we took the whole squad on a party oh, bus. Man, and awesome. it's just like, it is it's cliche but it's true like none of this is possible without these people and these people show up and work their face off every single day and they, they deeply care and there's people who've like you know moved their apartment from across the city to petworth so they can be close to the restaurant why and do they deeply care i think because we deeply care right like we deeply care and we're nice and we we try hard and like you're not going to want to be on a ship that's like captainless and rudderless and like I think the fact that we show up every single day and work really hard, I think we've sort of like earned their trust and I think that's really important. So I think it's a combination of earning their trust and showing them that like we're not above anything. Like it's a gross story, but when we first opened, like some bum pooped on the side of the wall outside the building and like I picked it up. You know what I mean? It's like if the owner's picking up human poop, like he's down to do, do whatever. That's a gross story. I was outside, not inside. Just clean clear, the bathroom, right? Yeah. Uh. Um, so it's like through like hard work and showing that you're not above everything, and then um, you know, again, just like that being nice, man. And like I want the way I quit my job because I wanted to have fun every day. I want people to have fun every day here. And you know, there's times where I thought like, am I being like soft? Am I being too nice? Like. Am I creating sort of like a cupcake culture and like maybe, but like I'd rather people show up and have fun every day and like maybe a little too soft than the other way around. So you guys opened uh, the brick and mortar 2016? Yeah, so we're about a 
Well, I don't even know what today's almost, date is. Almost two years. You were about like eight days from two years. From the brick and mortar, but Correct. almost four years. We just passed our four year anniversary. How many people are with you today um, that were with you on day one opening the brick and mortar? Uh... The whole prep squad. The fact that you have to think yeah. about the amount of people is is the point. We that have I'm a lot to make. of people coming up on their two year anniversary. Yeah, I mean that's sure. a testament. Yeah, uh, we're in an industry where turnover is a huge problem. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. Um, anything? Actually, one more question, then I'll Let, leave it to, up to, to you. culture. One more thing yeah. that I want to. Another thing I think we do is, again, it goes back to that sort of creative mind thing, and if. I tell people like, don't look at this as just a restaurant. Look at this as a startup, right? And like, we're going to open more stuff and do more stuff. So if there's anything you're interested in, like if there's anything you want to learn, like let us know, right? And so we have a woman who works for us who her dream is to one day open an ice cream shop. Yes. And we're like, come grind for us, learn the ropes, and like we'll help you do that, right? Timber and ice like, cream. Yeah, <laughs> and we mean that. Like we yeah. truly mean that. Like yeah. we would love to help her open an ice cream shop um so what she's doing for us is she's running through brick walls and like learning the ropes of everything and then you know when the time is right and she's ready then we'll help her do that and i think you know giving people the opportunity to grow and learn new things is incredibly important and like what you don't want to do is like have somebody show up and do the same thing every day for four years and that's when they as you said earlier burn out and they're like ugh. yeah um and so, like, we don't push people to do that if they don't want to. If, if somebody's happy if sort content, of showing yeah. up and doing the grind every day, like, that's awesome. We love that, too. And there are people that exist out there who like just doing that. For that, sure. They like the, the simplicity of just doing their job. Well, it's like the book Radical Candor, which we use as a, a mini Bible around here. Yep. They talk about superstars and rock stars. And it's like superstars are the ones who want to open, you know, the ice cream shops and all that stuff. And then the rock stars are the people who are, like, happy in their job and show up and kill it every day, um, but don't want the world like they're happy with their thing and like a successful business needs both right you can't have all rock stars you can't have all superstars you need a combination of both to sort of like hold you down foundation foundationally and then the people that are going to help push your business to new levels i love it man uh the one thing i want to ask you uh before kind of making sure we get it all out is uh i mean you're still you know a small business i mean how many seats do you have in here only 37 seats in this 37 seats so what things are you doing now that you weren't doing two years ago to act like a big business if you know what i'm saying like is there anything that you're doing now to uh systematize or to add structure or to give me an example of one way you've evolved and and transformed over time when we opened this restaurant i'm not kidding like we had I don't even remember. We had like eight grand in the bank and like a 20 grand payroll coming up. And it was just so bootstrappy that we were doing absolutely everything. We didn't have time for training manuals and all that. And the way the original staff sort of trained was just like rubbing on elbows with us for a couple months. And that's not how you should operate a business, right? And now we have but much better training manuals and we have sort of employee check-ins twice a year, sort of like, hey, are you happy? What can we do to make you happy? Um, we have more systems for setting up and breaking down. Um, what did that look like, that process of developing these systems? Where did you start and how did you evolve those? I mean, I think we always knew that we needed them. We just yeah. didn't have sort of the time, budget, or but, wherewithal, yeah. or, you know, energy, or any of that. And so part of that was, like, bringing on some really good staff. Um, and, like, we brought on a consultant once for three months to come help create some of that stuff. Because we knew we had... That's like, a key point right there, yeah. too. I feel like so many people think in their mind that if I need to go to a consultant, mm-hmm. that means that... Uh, I'm not doing a good job. Right. Like, you only need a consultant when you don't know what you're doing. But the truth is, in this industry, there is so much to learn. Yeah. 
you, you, even the best in, in the industry go to consultants. You, you know, and the reason why they are, they are the best in the industry is because they go to the experts and they surround themselves yeah, with the best. Yeah, and it's like you don't only go to a consultant when you don't know something. There's also just stuff that you don't have time to do. Like there's only yeah. 24 hours in a day. The restaurant's open at night and we were here every single day, yeah. right? So that's like a huge part of the day gone every yeah. day. Um, and to like do it really, really well, it was like, yeah, we could take a swing at this for our first time. We probably do a pretty good job because we yeah. know the ins and outs of the restaurant. But why not work with somebody who like really knows what this looks like? Yeah, we could spend yeah. six months to a year fine tuning what we created. Exactly. Or we could go to somebody who's figured this shit out yeah. and be like, what would you do in this yeah. situation? And be six months or a right. year ahead than we would have been if we went the hard way. And what's your time worth at the end of the day? For sure. You know, what, how much money are you wasting? Because you're you're there's holes in your systems. Yeah. Um, and when it comes down to like that training and systems, like it's win-win, right? Because it's like one, it's better for the restaurant because your staff is better trained yeah. and like there's more checkpoints so things aren't being forgotten but staff also like they like that stuff like the worst thing that you can do as a business is leave your staff sort of in this gray area where they don't know what's expected and they don't know what the rules are um and so we learned that too is like communication is so important from everybody right that's and that's like hey is there something happening let everybody know and like maybe it's not pertinent to their day-to-day but like people just want to feel a part of something so like that's one and then just sort of with the training and the check-ins it's just like that way people aren't sort of slipping through the cracks and being like i don't know what's expected of me i don't know if there's a room for me to grow in this business so like it it really is win-win and like it helps our business and the day-to-day run sort of tighter and smoother and i also think it helps with sort of uh, employee retention because they are more sort of secure in what's expected of them and you know what are they supposed to do day to day and also what does the future look like for them yeah man I just looked at the clock time's going by fast uh, I want to respect your time and start wrapping this to go all up. day <laughs> <laughs> so anything we haven't touched on at this point any value you can add to this conversation before moving on to the speed round I don't want to cut you too short I mean I feel like I've hammered this home all day but And I say this when anybody's like, hey, like, can I have some career business advice? Um, And I truly, truly in my like heart of hearts believe that the difference between like people who are successful and not is like grit and grind. And do you show up every single day? And like, are you ready to like miss out on other life happenings? Are you ready to strip your life down and sleep in a basement if that's what it takes? Um, Are you willing? Yeah, are you willing? It really comes down to that because there's so many people who like, they want to open a business but what they mean is they want to like walk around a restaurant and talk to their friends and like talk shit they don't want to be mopping the floor till 1am they don't want to be up at 5am rolling dough balls you know what I mean and that like that translates to anything and it's I say this to anybody who's like oh I want to open a tea shop and it's like think long and hard if you want like tea to like effing be your life for a couple years because that's what it takes it really truly takes like unbelievable grit and grind and showing up every single day and missing out on some stuff and stripping some stuff down. Um, and I can say now it's like a year four and like things are rolling for us now, right? And like we're all making a decent enough amount of money where we're not sleeping in basements anymore and like we're getting accolades and we're growing the business and we're opening new businesses. And so I can like without a doubt say it's 100% worth it. Nice, man. Um, one last question and we'll go to the, the speed round yeah. or the knowledge bombs. Uh, this is a kind of a, a direction I want to take the podcast. I really want the podcast to be about transformation. Uh-huh. Uh, so what or how have you transformed? Yeah. Um, from the person you were four years ago, For looking sure. back at what you've learned and who you are today, how have you transformed? Yeah, I would say I'm like, I'd say I'm a hundred percent more confident. Right. And like sitting behind a desk all day, sort of having somebody tell you what to do. And like, you never like totally trust your gut and there's always somebody you're checking on. 
and being your own boss and sort of having to make your own decisions like you have to start to truly believe the shit you're saying mm. and uh so i'd say i'm like way more confident and i trust my gut much much more now than i did four years ago and um that's a super dope feeling nice um so yeah i'd say I'm more confident and, and ready for more and you seem i didn't know you then but you seem happier <laughs> I, I mean i i, I like a tidbit that I tell a lot of people is like you know the Sunday night scaries when you've had a great weekend and you're like fuck like I just watched Game of Thrones yeah. I have a week of work it's like I have not had the Sunday scaries once since I started this business nice. and I've probably worked more than all of my friends at their sort of corporate jobs and Sunday you know scaries. but I've never had the Sunday scaries man <laughs> like I've never been like oh shit I have to go to work like it's truly a joy to come oh, to work man. I and, love uh, it I like it beautiful alright we're gonna take a quick break to thank our sponsors we'll be right back Everyone loves processing invoice after invoice. It's the best. (laughs) Not really. Just the sight of a filing cabinet is enough to make you sick, right? It doesn't have to be that way. With Sorcery, there's no more manually processing invoices by hand and no more cutting check after check. With Sorcery, you can organize all of your accounts digitally, scan your invoices, and pay your vendors with just one click. It is easy. Sorcery offers fully managed accounts and statements reconciliation, so you no longer spend hours on the phone with your vendors and banks that stinks. You now have the peace of mind knowing your accounts are being taken care of, and you can get back to work doing what you love, running unstoppable restaurants. Go to GetSorcery.com, that's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com, or call one 800 Six six eight three zero zero six nine one. Mention Restaurant Unstoppable and receive ten percent off your first three months. And say goodbye to your old filing cabinet and hello to the digital world with Sorcery AP Automation. To be unstoppable, most restaurants require a little extra capital from time to time. It happens, right? Uh, when you need funding to like renovate or buy equipment or manage cash flow, you don't have time to just track down financial statements or wait weeks for a decision. And that is where Cabbage can help. Cabbage gives small businesses access to a line of credit of up to $150,000. And if you apply online, you'll get a decision right away, which is pretty awesome. Since Cabbage is a line of credit, you can take the exact amount you need. You'll never have to reapply to take out additional loans, and you only pay for the funds you use. Yeah, you're impressed, and I haven't even gotten to the impressive part. Cabbage has helped more than 130,000 businesses from every industry with over $4 billion in funding. Like, awesome. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and was named a Forbes Top 100 company not once, but twice. Check out Cabbage at Cabbage with a K dot com slash restaurant unstoppable and you'll get a $50 gift card when you qualify. That's Cabbage, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash restaurant unstoppable. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member, FDIC. Recording. And we're back. The first question I have for you is what is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Showing up. I don't know. (laughs) No off days. (laughs) Trying hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Never, never cutting corners, honestly. I love it. Uh, What is your biggest weakness? Biggest weakness is... I'm not great at letting go, which I'm, I have to learn how to do as we're about to open location two and three. And I want to have a 
a stranglehold on every single pizza that comes out of the oven. And uh, unfortunately, that's not a reality anymore. Um, and that goes back to sort of systems and training and all that. So uh, learning how to not be a total control freak. Uh, what is one question you ask or thing you look for when you're growing your team? I don't know if it's a question I ask, but it's certainly like a fit that I'm looking for. As I said, it's like we want to have fun here, right? Yeah. And you don't come work for a restaurant if you're not like looking to have a fun sort of casual lifestyle. That doesn't mean we don't work incredibly hard, um, but I, I just look to see if they fit into the culture. And there, we've had a couple sort of... Uh, people who are great people that just didn't fit in the culture here um, and it's it's one sort of wrong puzzle piece or whatever can sort of rock the whole boat so culture is incredibly important um, so I just look for people that fit in and that's sort of like I don't know if it's something that I can articulate but it's sort of like an attitude of hey I'm going to get everything done but I'm not going to freak out and I'm going to fit in and I'm going to have fun so there's a vibe yeah uh, what is your biggest challenge today what is my, my I threw my back out Sunday so no. my back hurts every day so that oh, sucks <laughs> um, uh, I mean it's the same challenge as it was day one is that like tomorrow's always a day away and like you could have killed it on Saturday night and you were slammed and the pizza looked great and but if you wake up on Sunday and you you know throw a dud that's what people will remember so the biggest challenge is and always will be that tomorrow's always a day away and you gotta bring the heat tomorrow I dig it uh, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team this is like a core value a way to be a way to act yeah I mean I've said it a million times but be nice right and it's like we say if the answer can be yes the answer is yes right like what's worse than going to a place and they're like oh no alterations to that sandwich it's like why the fuck not I don't want lettuce on that sandwich right and it's like yeah if somebody wants to come up with a custom thing or do their own thing like I don't give a shit we're gonna try and make whatever you want to have him happen so uh, this kind of is uh, maybe you'll come up with something different uh, what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team that's standard within your four walls but not standard within the industry I feel like there's a little bit of an overlay there but uh, maybe you can think of something yeah else. I mean we encourage sort of like a casual style of service um, and you know you order at the front counter and then food gets run to you and your table gets bust we call it limited service um but we want it to be warm and friendly, but casual. Um, so yeah, I don't know if a lot of restaurants are like, Hey man, be casual when you go talk to that table. But like, we really like when you come in here, we want you to feel like you're at like a neighborhood hang, like you're at a house party almost. Um, and so we want you to be able to shoot the shit with customers and be casual and not be like scared of saying something. So we like, we really want to feel the, you know, make the staff feel empowered to like be themselves when they're talking to people. And, uh, be casual, but fun, but semi-professional. Not all the way professional, <laughs> just semi. Okay, what's one a book that's a must-read to make us a better person or a restaurant operator? I, I love the book Radical Candor. Okay. Um, what's the biggest uh, takeaway from that book? It's, I mean, it, it's basically just about being honest, right? Yeah. Like, it's this weird thing in business that, like, you don't tell people what you're feeling in the moment. You, like, wait for quarterly reviews and, like, people don't know if you're not happy with their performance, which is, like, sort of insane, right? Like, if you were mad at your friend, you wouldn't wait, like, till the end of the quarter to be like, hey, Scott, man, like, I'm not really happy with the way you invite me to hang out. Yeah. And it's, like, people want to know what you're thinking. And, like, in order to do that, you have to, like, create really strong personal bonds and you have to make them feel like you really care, which we do here. Um, so we create like sort of strong bonds, but then we also are just like really, really honest and like, Hey man, like we need to see this out of you. And, uh, we do that in real time. So nobody sort of is ever like in limbo and not knowing where they stand or what they feel. 
um, yeah, it's a dope book. Sweet. Uh, share one online resource or tool you're leveraging. It's to be uh, for information, to follow people, or... Uh, online tool that I'm leveraging. I mean, I'm just like, I, I live in all the sort of like DC restaurant blogs. Like, okay. you got to stay up to date and yep. stay sort of, stay current in all that's happening. And What's your favorite blog? Um, I mean, I go to Prince of Petworth a lot because we're in Petworth. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't know, Eater, okay. Washingtonian, sort all right. of all that stuff. And just sort of stay stay up on the on the what's happening. I really like the uh, how I built this podcast too. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, one day I'll be on there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got on restaurant stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is one piece of technology you're leveraging within your four walls that's had an impact on operations, efficiencies, and things of that nature? I mean, like the Google suite, yeah. everything <laughs> from presentations to calendar. And uh, it really is a way to sort of keep yeah. everybody especially in a restaurant where you're not like in the same office every day and everybody's sort of running around. It's a way to sort of keep everybody on one page. Okay. Um, I noticed with the, the tech background, I was curious about this question. No, nah, I mean, we like, honestly, our, like our model here is like, you look at our pizza menu and stuff. It's like, keep things simple and yep. clean and like, don't overthink things and don't sort of add bells and whistles where there don't need to be bells and whistles. And it's like Gmail, the calendar and drive enough for a pizza restaurant like yeah it yeah. is right now. i mean yeah do we have like technology for clocking in and out and payroll yeah. and all that stuff of course so um, what did you go with those i'm just curious which ones why price aesthetic <laughs> ease of use yeah. um sort of sort of how intuitive are they which um, ones are you, are you using we use hot schedules for logging okay. in and out um we use adp for payroll adp honestly the sales rep just got me she okay. got me good she <laughs> harassed us for like two years and finally got me um, and their customer service is great. Like anytime we've had any sort of issue, I ring her up. I don't even think she's my rep anymore. I just like don't have my rep's number. So I call her and like, <laughs> I don't work it. there anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it goes back to that being nice. She's yeah. been incredibly nice and tried really hard. Um, so we go there and then what's the, there's some app. It's like a to-do list that I use a lot. Oh, Wonderlist. Wonderlist. Nice. And you can share like to-do lists with your staff. So like I have one with all of my managers. So it's like a to-do list and I can see when they've checked it off and Beautiful. I can add stuff to it. So awesome. So this, this is the last question. Uh-oh. You ready for I'm, it? I'm it's sad. A, honestly, it's I'm not ready to go. <laughs> it's a doozy. Uh, if we got the news that you'd be leaving this world tomorrow, all the memories of you, your work, your restaurants would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy, what would those three pieces of wisdom be? Uh, do what you want starting now, right? The time can always get better, so don't don't wait. Do it now. Um, whatever you decide to do, that's one. So to whatever you decide to do, two, is, is give a fuck, right? Care about what you're doing. Have passion. Do it the right way. Uh, and three, have fun, because I left the world sooner than I should have, right? And like, I'm glad I had fun, you know, every day to the most part, like that I could. So um, do what you want now, give a fuck, have fun. Andrew, this has been a great conversation, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and your advice and uh, to allow me to make an example of you. You are a great example. Sure. Uh, yeah, we wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who's one independent restaurant operator, maybe somebody in the DC market that I can connect with in the next couple of weeks while I'm out here that you admire and believe would make a great guest mentor like you made for us today? Who in the restaurant industry do I look up to? Um, Nick Pimentel, he's like owns a couple of restaurants, Bad Saint, um, Ellie in Mount Pleasant. Um, 
and he's a dude who just seems to like do stuff that is incredibly true to himself and uh is effortlessly cool and like all of his stuff is cool and uh seems yeah he 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 seems like he's living the life that he wants to live which which i admire and there's a lot of a lot of people who have open restaurants which is supposed to be you know living your dream but it seems like they're trying to like follow a mold or like a path (laughs) and he seems to like 100 percent be doing his own thing and and doing it really well nick i'm coming after you and i let the folks at home know if we want to follow what you're doing uh you know follow you on instagram or social media or anywhere or maybe come join your team what's the best way to connect yeah man uh timber pizza co on instagram we're almost at 10,000. Come help us out. Um, call your mother. I got you Deli. one closer today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're opening a Jew-ish deli called Call Your Mother. It's going to be bagels, nice. sandwiches, cool shit. When's that? Supper Club. Um, we're opening in about six weeks, hopefully. So it's like a half mile from here. Um, and that's going to be super fun. So follow Call Your Mother Deli on Instagram. Andrew at TimberPizza.com if you ever want to email me about vibes or opportunities or whatever. Um, that's about it. And this is uh, restaurantunstoppable.com slash Andrew Dana. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash Andrew Dana yeah, boy. for a summary of today's discussion and links to the books, tools, and services recommended. Andrew Dana, man, thank you again thank for coming you, on man. the show. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I'm back on the road. I hope you guys uh, are ready for what's about to come. I got some great stuff lined up here in D.C. And if you're in D.C. and you're listening to this, uh, this episode will be live on, I believe, Monday uh, like the 23rd or 4th or something like that. Uh, I'm going to be in town for another couple of weeks, so hit me up. I would love to connect with you. And um, just real quick, some of the, the big takeaways from today's conversation. I think for me, uh, obviously, first and foremost, uh, just the power of being nice, the power of just considering other people and making it about other people. When you take care of other people, they will take care of you. And I think the other big takeaway from this episode is just scale over time you don't have to go big fast Uh, start as small as you can keep your liabilities as low as possible and let your cash flow and your people determine determine your growth and that's exactly what chris and andrew did they they let their people determine their growth and uh, as they were growing the business and fine-tuning it uh they decided to invest uh they had that reputation they had the trust of the people in their network to invest in them Uh, but you got to earn that trust it doesn't happen overnight so you know get some get a reputation if you have that reputation things will be much easier and then obviously when they they brought on dana uh, or danny uh, they had uh, that that people that people factor that that extra element that that raw talent that really pushed this thing over the edge. I mean, they were doing good before her, but you know they they rounded it off, right? So uh, let your people in that cash flow determine the, the growth. And um, I think that's all for today, guys. Like always, please do reach out to me, Eric at RestaurantUnstoppable.com, Eric Cacciatore on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and let me know who you want to hear from. Let me know how I can serve you guys. I'm here for you, but you got to let me know what you're thinking. I can't read your minds. Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. Uh, but the best way to uh, you know support what I'm doing here at Restaurant Unstoppable is to just spread the word. If you know anybody who's aspiring to be great in this industry, uh, you are the average of those you surround yourself 
with and with Restaurant Unstoppable, you can surround yourself with the best restaurant minds in the industry. All right, guys, that's all. Thank you for sticking around this long. I love you all. And until next time, peace out.